Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive ministry and our teaching to getting people connected, not just to us or our thing or our cause, no matter how good it is, but really the goal is to get people to Jesus, to get people to Him. And so He's Jesus is like inviting people constantly, come to me, come to me. And we don't want to get in the way of that. We want to be able to just kind of be a facilitator. Like I view GP Hop as just, let's just get to Jesus and get everything out of the way as much as we can to make sure that that's happening. Come to me. Learn from me. So th this is kind of one of the things that, he's, that he implies by this is he wants people to just continually come to him. Come to me over and over. Just come to me. Not just once when you're young at an altar to you know, surrender your life to me. He's saying every day come to me. Every day open the Word and talk to me. Learn from me. Not just on Sunday mornings or Friday nights, but learn from me. Executive Director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to worship, to praise, to sing, to lift up the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord, the name above all names, the name uh, by which no one can be saved. Um, uh, there's no other name by which man can be saved. And we just thank you that we get to be in relationship with you. We thank you that we get to bow our knee to you and call you our King, our Lord, our God, our Christ, our Messiah. We thank you that your kingdom has no end and that we will be with you for an eternity of eternities, discovering you over and over, and we'll discover your humility and your gentleness over and over, and it will just wow us. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, would you grant to us a deeper revelation of your heart and who you are. Open our ears to hear open our heart to receive uh, just a little bit more insight and revelation so that we would uh, follow you and just be uh, wowed by who you are even at a deeper level tonight. And I pray for encouragement and refreshment over every heart. Those in the, here in the room, those listening in, maybe those who will hear this on social media, we pray for refreshment and encouragement knowing who you are, who you are in your heart of hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's, <clears throat> we'll start with Matthew 11. I'm just going to read this. And I want to break it down a little bit tonight. That's the goal. But there is no other time in Jesus' ministry that we have recorded where Jesus essentially describes what he's like. Um, the Bible is full of descriptions of Christ and there's things that the prophet said and there's things that, you know, there's much information about what he is like. But when he said 
here's what I'm like. It's just very instructive. It's profound. And um, Matthew 11, he really wasn't even on this subject. He was just teaching. And then he kind of, it seems like a tangent. It never is. And it's all part of, it's, it's important to read everything contextually. But this little snippet from 28 to 30 is just, it's like its own little sermon. And many people have devoted time and effort and commentary on these three verses. Um, in fact, I was before I forget, I just want to highlight this book by Brother Dane Ortland. It's called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. He gives a lot of attention to these three verses. And he basically says in this book, he's like, I'm drawing from the Puritans because the Puritans just like wrote whole books and commentaries on it. And so he just gives a lot of information. And so if you wanted a really good book just to even read as a devotional, that's how I approach books a lot is I just kind of read like a chapter a week um, and just kind of turn it into a little bit of a devotional time. But this is gentle and lowly. It is so good. I read it a couple years ago and I was last night just kind of going through all the places I highlighted and it's just really good. But this verse has always blessed me. And so I'm like, I'm going to read that book. And then, then this verse is like, now it doubly blesses me every time I read it. But let's just read the verses and then uh, we'll get into it. And I'll probably read some verses or some uh, quotes from that here in a minute. But Jesus said in Matthew 11, uh, 28, He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, and we're going to break that down. If you're weary and you're burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. <laughs> what is, that is the greatest statement I think I've ever read in the New Testament. Jesus says, learn from me what I'm really like is I'm very gentle on the inside with, with humanity and with you. And I'm very humble. Like, who would say that about themselves unless they really were humble? You know, not a lot of us can really be like, spend time with me, I'm really humble. <laughs> but Jesus can get away with it because He really is. And He says, if you do that, you'll find rest for your soul. Now, how much of planet Earth is trying to find rest on the inside from just the anxiety and the fear of life. Jesus just gives us the, just the nuclear bomb of revelation. I am the answer to all the turmoil and fear and the, just the anxiety about what's the future going to be like because I hear there's wars and rumors of wars and just I'm so worried. Jesus says there is a way to access rest not just take a nap rest, but deep inward rest that manifests, you know, and in, in, in you're actually peaceful. And I'm like, I'm interested now, Lord, because I, I need that. And then he says at the uh, end there, verse 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what he's doing here is he's differentiating himself from religious leaders of his day because he made a point to point out, he said, the religious leaders that are teaching you guys, they're putting a heavy yoke on you. It's almost an unbearable interpretation of the law of Moses. And so you're condemned. It's a bunch of, you know, 
it was just really distorted. There were abuses. And so people's view of God, there weren't really good teachers because they were all full of hypocrisy and just like from the Pharisees, Sadducees, many of the leadership, not, not everyone, but the vast majority of religious leadership in Jesus' day just was not presenting the God of Israel in a way that like refreshed your heart and left people feeling like, wow, he delights in me, I can do this. You know, it was just a really heavy burden of teaching um, that most people lived under. And it was just Jesus' way of saying, okay, not only am I going to you know, invite you to... Well, He's doing a couple things here. He's, he's essentially saying, I am the God of Israel. We found that out. But if you will receive My teaching, it, it will refresh you. It will recharge you. There will be peace. There will be rest for you. And so that's what he says, the invitation is to come to me, to learn from me. Now it's interesting when Jesus says, come to me, that is very important because a lot of folks think, Lord bless the, I heard something going on over here, Jesus, yes, yes, yes. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> the preaching is powerful tonight. Watch out, you'll fall over. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just going to go home and say, Mom, I'm anointed. There's people falling. <laughs> no. No, I won't do that. Okay. All right. But uh, Jesus has come to me, and that's, that's important. You know, we need uh, church. We need to come to church, and we need to come to the Bible, and we need to come to prayer and we need to come to many things but ultimately we must come to Jesus this real man this real person and everything everything flows from there it's all supposed to point back to a relationship with him unfortunately even a lot of christianity in our day is just like Get involved in this and then, you know, do this, do a few good works and kind of give to that. And it's not always bringing people back to a relationship with this man, Christ Jesus. And so we just need to be on alert. Uh, we need to devote our talk to me, come to me over and over and over. And if you do that, if it becomes like a lifestyle, of coming to me over and over and over, you'll get to know me. And this is, this is so important. This is like the way forward for the disciple or for the Christian. This is how we really enter into what he's talking about. A, a life of following Jesus that actually is, we experience rest. We experience like this is enjoyable. Like this is, it's not that life is easier or it's without difficulty. But but it's um, it's got life on it, and it's not just only burdensome. It's it's uh, I like it, and that's what he was going for. I mean, certainly Jesus promised there would be persecution, there would be you know tribulation and trial. He didn't say the world was going to be you know easy to. It's not going to be like there's there's always going to be easy times. 
but He was giving us a way forward in it. I put there, this is under, uh, if you look under come to me, learn from me, that's Roman numeral 3 and then under A, number 2, I just kind of wrote that out. Uh, Jesus is not saying, hey, life's going to be easy. Uh, what He's trying to get through to us is if you'll come to me and you'll learn from me, then you can have that inward stability. You'll be able to approach the storms and hardships of life in a different way. If we're close to Him, if we know Him, if we're growing in our relationship with Him, we just have a, we're stronger on the inside. We have a, a spiritual fortitude. We have a clearer perspective. Um, I'm going to just go down to number four here, Roman numeral four. I want to just spend a, a bulk of our time unpacking Jesus saying, here's the two things I want you to know about me. I'm gentle and I'm humble. Like, when is the last time you heard a sermon on the gentleness of Christ or the humility of Christ? But these are the two things He said. This is what I'm like. And again, He is the Prince of Peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is so many titles. But this is like He sat down on a rock and said, hey guys, this is what I'm really like. I'm, there's a spirit of humility in me. And there's a gentleness in me. And maybe He said that. Because those are the two things we just would not believe. Because we're like, okay, he's God, he's powerful, and he we believe he's Messiah, so he's you know there's he's the fulfillment of all these prophecies, and you know there's so many things that we know he is. But you're gentle, what? You're humble. We didn't really expect that. You know, we and then okay, you rode in on a donkey, and okay, you're you're not really. I mean, Jesus could have proved who he was in so many powerful ways, but he just always did things, and just such a gentle, humble spirit. And you know, people will tell me, well, Derek, what about the time where he, you know, got the cords and he just tum, you know, threw over the money changers? And okay, yeah, there was times where he was intense. Uh, that was the exception. It was not the rule of his ministry. He didn't just go kick things over everywhere he went. He wasn't like unhinged. But there was a few times in his three-year ministry where he genuinely displayed his wrath in a, in a very measured way to make it clear, hey, this is my father's house. You have turned it upside down, so I'm going to turn you upside down to make a point. But it wasn't that he was unloving in those moments. That was the justice and judgment of God at his most restrained level. And he just kicked a few things over to prove a point. He could have done a lot worse. He could have, you know, you read the Old Testament, he did some intense things. It's like, oh, you have a disagreement with Aaron? Here, I'm just going to open the earth and swallow thousands of you. It's like, uh, you know. So when he came onto the scene, even his severity was so measured, it just makes you go, whoa, wow. The rule of Jesus' ministry is He was very approachable. He was very uh, magnanimous, or uh, I don't even know if that's the right word. He was very generous with His interactions with people. People were allowed to touch Him. <laughs> you know, there's actually kings and prime ministers today that there are literal laws against touching them. And if you do, you can be sentenced to death. 
um, Saudi Arabia cannot touch that man. Uh, they, it's very serious. I mean, there's many of these leaders of nation states can't even touch them. Jesus, he's just like, bring your kids and babies. I'll hold them for you if you want. And the, the disciples started rebuking everybody when they were bringing their babies to Jesus. And Jesus says, what do you, I'm not like anybody in this world. Like, I'll hold kids. I'll pray a blessing over them and give them back to mom. If you have faith to touch me and get healed, come touch me. You know, I'm not off limits to, to anybody. The most broken, weak people can access me and power will touch their life if they do that. This is an incredible person. He happens to be the most powerful man in the universe, but his, his office door is always open. And you can access him. And you can touch him. You can talk to him and he will talk back to you. Um, he's very generous with his heart, with his time. He's willing to be your best friend. Even though he's God, even though he created all the universe, if you want to be close to him, he'll let you be close to him. There is, there is nobody on planet earth that he's like, eh, nope, you're not the chosen one. Uh, you're not Neo, sorry, you're not the, the one. Uh, I only got my little cluster. No, it's, what's amazing about him is we can have as much of him as we want. If you want three hours with Jesus, he'll give you three hours. If you want a weekend alone with the Lord, he'll give you a weekend. If you want to hear his voice, just open the word, talk to him. There he's speaking to you. He's really incredible. And um, many people think uh, that, you know, wow, he's the savior of the world. He's God. Like, what does he think of me? And he says, I'm gentle with you. That's what I think. I'm very humble. Now, imagine this. Imagine talking to a person who literally has no pride, like none. Can you imagine just sitting in a room with a human being has no harshness of spirit and no pride at all? And just what would that feel like? That like if Jesus was just sitting here and you're talking to him and all he has toward you is loving kindness. There is no condescension. Oh, poor Derek, always so weak spiritually and uh, I can't tolerate you. Get out of my presence. You know, it doesn't enter his mind. Here's a thought that is almost shocking. Jesus has never had a sinful thought toward you in his life, ever. He's never been like, oh, Derek, you so, you know, or fill in your name if you want to, but he's, he's never had a condescending thought. He's never had an unloving, you know, feeling toward you. He's never... Um, you know, just he's never had kind of how we are toward people. He's just never had that. And it makes you, when you think about this and you meditate on it, 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 it makes sense why sinners were attracted to him, why he had the, the reputation of being a friend of sinners. People felt comfortable around him because literally the man had no pride. He, he had, he, there, was no, there was nothing but love in his heart for people. And it wasn't a fake spirituality. That's the thing that I and we all have to wrestle with. He wasn't fronting. He really was deeper than the ocean spiritually. Like he was just a bottomless well of love. And so when you got around him, you were just like, wow, oh my gosh. Like, 
I feel like incredible. Like, can you just never leave? You know, I mean, that's why the disciples were so disheartened. He said, you will miss me so much, you will actually not eat. You will fast because you will mourn that I've left. That's how much they had come to enjoy him and love him. Uh, the more incredible Jesus becomes to us, the more it makes sense that we're like, Lord, come back. Jesus, we love you. Oh, I want more of you. That prayer and fasting and obedience and dedication, it makes more sense the bigger he gets in our mind. And I think this is a window. This isn't like a cute verse for like kids, you know, memories humble and gentle. No, this is like the window for us to go, whoa. He is so amazing. There's never, ever been a time where He has been harsh toward you. Ever. There's never been a time where He has been anything but humble. He's actually serving you right now. Uh, we see in Scripture, He ever lives to make intercession. There's a famous quote by uh, M. Shane, who he said, if you could hear Christ praying for you in the other room, you wouldn't fear a thousand enemies or something like that. But... Christ is praying for you. He's wanting you to succeed. He's wanting you closer to Him and to, to get breakthroughs in your life. And He's not like up in heaven with His arms crossed, like fuming, like, good God, He just doesn't get it. He is so uh, gentle uh, with us and you know, so then, then the, the objection comes. Well, what about, he seems so mean to the Pharisees. He seemed to always have such a, I think we read into it. I think he probably had a really loving tone. I think he shared some really intense truth, but he knew they needed that truth. Because the religious spirit is so hard-hearted, he, he needed to break through somehow. And so the most gentle, humble man, he's also very honest. And he will tell us the truth we need. And God's confronted me many times. He doesn't have a problem correcting us. But it's always redemptive. It's never to put us down. It's always to bring us closer. It's always motivated by his love for us. And we see that in the, the letters to the churches of Revelation. He's like, you guys are doing really good here, not so good here. I, I just do these things so that we can have fellowship and so that I can bless you and reward you. Just do this and, and don't do that. So he's always calling us to come closer. And If you want to think of it in a certain way, this is really a repentance message. Jesus is always saying, come to me. Leave that sin. Leave the things that are just trivial. Come to me over and over and over. Now why does he do that? When we come to Jesus, as Roman numeral 5, when we, I'm just going to, there's a, four things there. There's a coming, there's a learning, and then there's a transforming when we do that, and then there's a, and a responding. So this is kind of a progression. When we come to Him over and over, we learn from Him over time, that's how we become like Him. You know, some people will look at the man of God on the stage and they'll go, how did that happen? You know, you just magically wake up powerful, anointed one day, and not that you have to be on a stage or whatever, but it's just little decisions every day just to be with Jesus. 
and he rubs off on you. His fragrance gets on your life and you just change. I, I say this all the time. I never thought in a million years I would do anything related to leading or ministry or leading people in prayer or anything like that. But just I just every day would spend time with him and then just the plan unfolds. He'll do the same in your life. You know, you, you'll be amazed because you might not see a lot of growth maybe in a year, but if you do what Jesus is saying here, you come over and over and over, just a little bit, every, every day, every couple of days, whatever your schedule allows. Over 5, 10 years, 15, 20 years, you're so much different. You're so much closer to the Lord. Um, this letter D is kind of the key. He's, he's ultimately wanting to get us to a point where our responses are like His responses. Because we're living in a world that's becoming just so worldly and even many christians are don't look like jesus they don't feel like jesus they don't sound like jesus it's just and i i want to be able to in some small way as much as possible be be a genuine disciple so that when people look at me they see christ and i'm an imperfect example we all are but that's really the goal of discipleship or following Jesus, is that we would become kind of like a, a dim, we would look more like Him over time. And we would point people to Him in that. But there's uh, just a, a harsh world out there that's just full of pride. When we go the opposite direction into gentleness and into humility, it's just so different. It's so counterculture. And... And so when you go that direction, people go, wow, what is, what is the deal? What, who, how are you like that? And we just say, Jesus changed me. And I tell you what, there is um, a lot of people out there that think the way forward is to be harsh, to be proud, to be, you know, to be whatever. And Jesus is saying the way forward is come to me, learn from me. Become humility. Become gentle. Serve. Jesus just shocked people over and over again. Like his own disciples just had such a different grid. Because again, they grew up in a system that was hard. The, the teachings they'd received their whole life just didn't lead them to what Jesus was like. And so when Jesus would wash their feet, they'd be just like, what is happening? It was so foreign to them that a leader should serve because they just had never seen it. Um, but there was Jesus just wiping the dirt off their feet, going, "Hey, this is how this is what a leader does." And over and over, Jesus just showed himself: "I am kind, I'm gentle, I'm humble, I'm different, and be like me in that." Okay, uh, this is down at number uh, six here. I'm going to land the plane here. Shortly, when I spend time just meditating on, wow, Jesus, you're really like that. And by the way, then when you read this, you're like, that makes sense because you were just, anybody that was around you, you were just kind to them. Okay, that makes sense. But the more I, I think about this, and I want to encourage you this weekend, just read these passages and just kind of think about, wow. What does that mean for me, Lord? You know, are you humble to me? Are you gentle to me? He'll speak to you. 
But the more I think about this, this is what gives me the clarity to respond to others like Jesus would. Um, you know, before I was committed to reading the Bible, I didn't know that there was like a right way to respond to people. But the more I just spend time with Jesus, I go, okay, you're, you're calling me to be gentle. You're calling me to be humble. And this is what I do a lot. When I don't know what to do in a situation, I literally think, what does humility look like right now? Because I know that's the right answer. What would it look like for me to be gentle to this person? Or what would it look like for me to be humble? And, and then do that. And I find myself thinking that so much more. I feel like in the last few years, there's just so many people that are just full-blown harsh. And it's just like shocking. It's like, Lord, are people not reading the Bible? Do they have no... So I'm, I'm talking about Christians that are just unhinged. And, I, and I'm just like, Lord, I, I really thought that... But he says, don't worry about anybody else. If you do it, there will be a domino effect. It will affect others. And they'll see me in you. Not that I'm, I'm not setting out to be like some source of like conviction or something like that. But when people have kind of gone with the ways of the world and you're the one that's responding in gentleness and humility toward them, they think about it because they know... That's right, actually. The answer is not to accuse constantly. The answer is not to be harsh constantly. The answer is not to avenge myself and be proud or whatever. The answer, how can I be gentle? Now, let's remember, every single person Jesus ministered to put Him on the cross eventually. So He could have been like, oh, these people, ugh. You're going to put me on the cross. You're going to put me on the cross. I give you no power, no healing today. The shop is closed. I'm tired. You know, he could have done, he could have righteously been any way he wants. He's God. He can do what he wants. But again and again, he just was there for people. And he knows how fickle people are. Like, there's a few verses in Scripture. It says, Jesus knew what was in the heart of man. So he didn't commit to them. He knew what was there. He knows they're up one day, down the other. They're for Jesus, they're not for Jesus. He knows how human we are and still He comes and He ministers and He loves and He serves and He knew the disciples were going to flake out and then be back in and flake out and be back in. He still washed their feet. He still died for them. He still restored them and on and on. I mean, he just He's so big-hearted. Ah. Uh, when you, when you grow in this over time, this is where I find my own heart going. When I grow in this a little bit, a little more gentle, a little more humble, tiny bit over time, <laughs> I also feel where I'm like, ooh, I really missed that opportunity. So I find myself apologizing more than I ever did. And so when I'm you know, connected to the Lord and I'm kind of really intentionally pursuing Him, I'm more conscious of like, am I being humble in that situation? Am I being gentle? Am I being patient? Am I being like Him? And when I'm not, I feel compelled to say, hey, I was not XYZ to you. Will you uh, forgive me for that? There isn't really, there's a lot of deep thoughts in this book. I'll just set it up so you can see that there. It's 
a lot easier to see than if it's just laying down. One of the points that uh, that uh, Brother Dane, I almost called him Dave, <laughs> Brother Dane. <laughs> yeah, that's a great name. Oh my goodness, uh, Brother David. Yeah, David Orland. <laughs> no, one of the things he talks about is is one of the results of our sin is we don't see our sin clearly. It's a profound thought when you think about it. So even even our sin, our our fallenness, our sinfulness, it 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 blocks our ability to see how bad the sin really is. And so the more we draw near to the Lord, the more we get closer to Christ and we come closer and closer, we become a little bit more like him, the more we're just like, "Oh, wow. Sin is dreadful." It really is that. I mean, I thought it was a big deal. It's really a big deal. And I know I don't want anything to do with it. And what ends up happening is we're more sensitive to our own sin. We don't live in this world where we're like, oh, I'm constantly condemned. We don't, we don't, we're, we're not going to receive that. But we're more aware of it. And so we're like, okay, I, I fell short there. I'm going to apologize for that. And that's a troublesome thought for some people. What a lot of Christians, in my experience, they want to... Say, well, I'm forgiven, and so I just don't think about it. That is absolutely the wrong way to go. We're forgiven, but we still sin. Okay, so whether, however you want to call that, I just call it you're a saved sinner. You are a born-again Christian who still sins a lot. But when you recognize that you are that, you become even more humble. You have to admit, okay, I, my sin's covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm going to heaven one day and all that totally redeemed, but I'm still falling short. And when it affects someone else, I'm going to have the integrity, the humility to say, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I blew it there. Now, Jesus never had to say that ever. But he still went to the cross and said, I'll be wrong for them, God. I'm not wrong, but I'm willing to be wrong for the human race. Imagine that, that level of humility. The one person in planet or the history of the earth who never had to say, oh, I'm so sorry, Eric, I had a harsh speech. Forgive me, brother. You know, focus. You know, he never once had to be like, sorry, mom, I kind of had a bad attitude. He never sinned. And yet that's the guy who stood on the cross with his arms nailed to the to the tree, and he's just like, oh, God, I'll take it. Uh, you know, and it crushed him, and he died. I'm not trying to go to do a teaching on Calvary, but that is just profound humility. I and mean, that just gives you a window. When he says, I'm humble and gentle, it's, it's really serious humility. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm a little meek and, you know, mild and just whatever. Now, this is a very strong individual who when, I mean, talk about, he didn't just, anyway, yeah, I, I am in awe of Jesus because he was so holy, he would actually, there was not any place in him the devil could manipulate. There, there's a number of scriptures where he said, the devil's coming, but he has nothing in me. I mean, there was just absolutely, there was no anything in him that was unholy, and yet he still was like, I'll take it, God. Put it on me so that I can have relationship with them forever. That's just amazing. So anyway, my point in saying all that is that 
when we see Jesus more clearly, when we come to Him, we see He's humble and gentle, it makes us that way. And then we respond more that way. But then even when we don't, we're, we're more sensitive. And we, we feel led to say, like, oh, sorry, bro, didn't mean to... Will you uh, forgive me? Now, here's the thing. Come to Jesus every day, over and over and over. Learn from Him. Study Him. Study what He says. Study the Bible. You'll find yourself thinking differently. You'll find yourself praying differently. You'll find, and I really mean this, like if you do just a study of what Jesus said, how He treated people, how He treated people in their failure, how He treated religious people, people who have all kinds of diseases, all kinds of... Because he, I mean, anybody that talked to Jesus, their doctrine was so much worse than his. I mean, he, we're talking the greatest theologian by a billion, and he was—he he wasn't like you are completely so dumb, unbelievable. You know, like he never said that. I know a lot of people who say things like that, and it's just like, really, that's like what you're like after all that study. You're treating people that way. Jesus towers far above any of us by a, just a billion Mount Everest. And he'll just be like, oh, that's, that's a little, you're almost there. You're not too far from the kingdom. He could have just blown people away. Lasers could have shot out of his eyes. He could have done anything he wanted, but he just was so kind. And his responses, his restraint, his humility, he has such vast power, but he would just hold people's babies and they'd get snot on his beard and he'd just be like, I bless you, mom. And like, who does this? Jesus says, I do. That's what I'm like. And, and what he's saying to us is, you don't have to worry about what I think of you because my thoughts toward you are tender. My thoughts toward you are gentle. My thoughts toward you are humble and redemptive. And I'm trying to invite you into my thing. Like Jesus is saying, I'm inviting you into my thing. And even when I correct you, it's with such tenderness. Now, here's the thing. God uses people to bring admonition, correction, etc. into our life, and they might do it wrong. But what we need to learn is to hear that gentle whisper from the Lord, even through fallen people. Because I've been rebuked and corrected and all kinds of things. People yelled at me and just all kinds of nonsense. And then I go home and I go, I get what you're saying. Like They yelled, but you were just like, I love you, Derek. Just don't do that. and that, don't Forget that guy. And... <laughs> Like, he tried, but here's what I'm really saying. I, I like you, but don't do this anymore. And so you just learn. You learn to kind of, people are people, and, you know, you get what I'm saying. So, purpose to be humble and gentle in your thoughts to yourself. Like, let Jesus put his thoughts in you about you. He has gentle, humble thoughts toward you. So, let those thoughts come to you, and then, as well as your thoughts toward others. Work on that having humble thoughts toward others, gentle thoughts toward others. And same with prayers and words to yourself or for yourself and for others. You know, some people get this idea of prayer like, I'm going to pray for a Ferrari, but Lord rebuke that guy over there because he's off. And that really is like people's prayer life a lot. And it's like, no wonder you stopped praying after a couple of weeks. This is so bad. But when you learn to even pray for people who like dislike you, and you just pray, Lord, please reveal Jesus to them. Be kind to them. Bless them. Release finance over them. I know they don't like me, but you like them. And so help me to like, you know, when you pray with tenderness toward others, it changes you. 
And so I, I always advocate for, in your prayer life, pray with gentleness. Pray with humility because it will change you. And if, if you're pray, honestly praying a lot for people with like severity or like a harsh spirit, it will defile you and you'll be bitter. You'll be very offended because you'll think God's like you. Either God wants to just like take everyone out and you're like the only guy that gets it. I was there for a minute, like when I first got saved, I was kind of like, I get it, no one else does. And the Lord was like, put his finger on my forehead, don't do that. Well, I think we're all there for a minute, and then he just, or maybe just me. <clears throat> um, and we can't control where the world goes. The world's going to be proud. The world's going to be harsh. The world's going to be what the world's like. But we have to go deeper and deeper into what Christ is like. And it happens situation by situation. Just, Lord, help me to come to you, help me to learn from you, and just to be like meek and gentle and humble as much as possible so that the people in this world, the people around me, my family, house of prayer, people at work, people who are at the grocery store, I want them to see you. I want them to see Christ. Let me say this just, I'm going to try to say it a little better. If you respond to people gently, it's like way different than most people respond. Most people are just so on edge, so impatient. And I, I can be that guy, I mean a lot. But like I'm trying to grow at this. But when the person cuts you off and, well, you're cool. <laughs> I mean, like, well, the more we can just be like, whatever. It just, they just kind of, what? What was that? Um, be, try to be that person because that's what Jesus is like. There's, there's many people that are thinking they're devoted to their spirituality, but it's made them harsh. It's made them like exacting and vengeful. And when they run into someone else that claims to be devoted to their religious thing and they're actually humble and they're washing feet, and they're responding well, it does convict them. Because they're like, wow, I thought I had the right thing, but I'm a mess. And that person over there, I saw Luke Souter, he just humbled himself and was just serving. And wow, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, no, the other one. <laughs> no, it just, I'm just, you know, being silly here. But, you know, when, when people see that, it makes them, oh, okay. Man, if I, if I could help just even a few more people, and I can't help you. I mean, it's got to be the Spirit. But if I could just even point out, that's the direction to head. Imagine if we had a whole community of Christians where their knee-jerk reaction was not outrage or vengeance or arguments, but their knee-jerk reaction is, let's pray about that, let's... How can we serve that person? How can we meet a need in their life? How can we humble ourselves? How can we love them, though they have animus toward us? Like if that was how, if that was the church, way more people would be like, that is something I need. Like I don't want to be responsible for helping raise up like or be a part of some thing where it's like we're harsh just like the world we're yelling just like the world we're beating people up just like the world 
You know, we're raising up churches that are just as idolatrous as every other organization. Like, I want to be just a part of something where people go, wow, like, I feel like Jesus is here because the way I'm treated. And I want to be like that. And, and here's the thing. No one will, will nail that. No one will ever be like the standard. Because there's only one standard. Only Jesus gets the A+. Plus. But I want, to, I want to shoot for like, I want to get an A on this. And when I fall short, I want to like, hey, Lord, help us course correct so that we're like, I, I just have this dream of like, what if God moved and a spirit breathed and a bunch more people showed up and it wasn't just like music and prayer, but it was like, it was like people came in and they felt Jesus because we were loving, you know, and, and they like, you know, someone needed something and, and they got just the, the gentleness of Christ touched them because people ministered and. I just, I'm into that. I want that. Okay. <clears throat> Amen. So let's, let's purpose to have a humble, gentle spirit while we do all the things God's called us to do. And again, no one's going to get this perfect, but let's just kind of aim the, the sail and let's try to, you know, let's try to go with it. And then I do want to just pray into this a little bit here for have some time time is it? 8.24. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and end there. And then I would love to just spend some time. I know we want to target you, sister. Pray for you. Um, Did Matt, did he take off? Or he's coming? Ah, okay. I was like, I thought I saw him. Um, Let me pray and then we'll just, we'll gather around. So Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank You, Lord Jesus, that You are who You said You are. You are a very humble man. You're gentle toward us, toward humanity. Lord, help us to reveal that. Help us to embody that. Help us to be like that in this world that tends to be so proud and harsh. It's dominated by the pride of life, the the lust of the flesh, Lord, we want to be responding like You. Make us more like this. Holy Spirit, make it real in our life tonight, God. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.